Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There is no better of of flower power forms of the shrubby Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to help with some of your gardening quandaries. Today, I welcome a dear friend who I've worked with for many years. He's the Sun's royal photographer, Arthur Edwards. I'll be asking Arthur about his travels all around the world with the royal family, and especially the visit recently to New Zealand with the Prince of Wales. My thanks... Hayloft, sponsors of this podcast. It was much too wet to get out onto the soil last weekend, so my big late autumn, early winter clean-up continues with the repotting of perennials just tidying up everywhere. I've also potted, uh, for the first time, ranunculus rococo, it's an introduction of ranunculus that uh, will be tall enough to grow as cut flower. It's pretty tough, will stand temperatures down to minus 15 centigrade, I'm told, and it comes in four colours. Now, ranunculus have those little tiny tubers, almost like um, four or so fingers clenched together. Uh, and when you buy them in packs, um, when mine arrived in the post, they're really shriveled into uh, tiny pieces and it's uh, advisable to just soak them in water for a little while first. Well, I didn't realise just how much vigour uh, ranunculus rococo has got because uh, I dropped one or two in water in a jam jar and within two or three hours they'd uh, swollen to about five or six times their size and I had the devil's own job to get them out of the jar. So... uh, If you are, at some stage, soaking ranunculus, then make sure you have a really good open bowl for them. Uh, Once uh, they had sort of swollen a bit, I've got them potted, and the breeder tells me that a two-litre pot is one of the best ways to grow them, and so um, I've got uh, them all nicely potted. And because I'm late, in a perfect world, they would have been potted in October, November, I'm going to just keep them in the warm to make a bit of root uh, before they go out into my polytunnel. Can't wait to see those flower next spring. The latest news I have is of Sea Buckthorn, Scotland, where they're uh, fermenting the berries from uh, Hippuffy and making a ginger beer type uh, drink. I'm told it'll be a very good alternative to uh, alcoholic and fizzy drinks. I mean, the sea buckthorn, uh, it it ticks all of the health boxes. It has uh, plenty of uh, vitamins, minerals and uh, antioxidants. If I can believe all I read, it's very high in omega-7, 3, 6 and 9. It's got more vitamin C than kiwi fruits and more vitamin E than sage. So 
Here we go, see Buckthorn drinks on their way to us from Scotland. Also interested to hear that um, resistor elms uh, planted over the past 30 years uh, have proved pretty resistant to Dutch elm disease. And Hillier nurseries down in Hampshire uh, are propagating and planting quite a number of them. But they're not alone. There's Almus Wingham from Frank P. Matthews, and this variety also uh, is surviving the dreaded Dutch elm disease. The people at Frank P. Matthews tell me that elm also act as a host for the now really rare hair streak butterfly, which depends on elm. So we will not only bring back the stately elms into our countryside, but also, with a bit of luck, have the butterfly come with them. My advice for this week, 21st of December, has to be houseplant care. You know, I read lots of plant labels and columns of advice about how to look after Christmas plants, flowering plants, house plants, and quite often they say keep them out of sunlight. I don't understand that advice. From September round to March, the one thing all plants need that are growing, and especially those that are flowering, are all available light. And so if you've got a nice south-facing, very sunny windowsill, I think that's the perfect place for pretty well all plants uh, at this time of year. If you've got something really tender, and I'm thinking especially of a poinsettia uh, and the very soft foliage plants like maidenhair ferns, if they're close to the glass when you draw the curtain and we get a very frosty night, then the foliage that touches the glass can actually burn. And so there is a danger in having plants on windowsills, but not because they're going to get scorched by sunlight at this time of the year, quite the reverse. But they will get scorched if it's a very frosty night and they touch especially single glazed windows. So when you draw the curtains, just bring the plants indoors into the room. I mean, you'll see them, won't you? If they're behind the curtain, they'll be lost. And then when you open the curtains in the morning, just pop the plant back. It's the perfect time too when you lift them up and pop them back to just check the weight. If the pots are heavy, the compost is damp. As they dry out, then they get much lighter in weight. And once you get into the habit of it, it's really very easy to know when plants need watering. You just pick up the pot and if it's really light and almost floats out of your hand, I can tell you, it desperately needs some water. Uh, And in a perfect world, you take it to the sink, you give it a really good watering, you let it stand in an inch or so of water for uh, 15 or 20 minutes, take it out, let it drain, and then the plant will be fine for a number of days. I can't tell you how many, because the warmer the room and the bigger the plant, the quicker they'll dry out. Uh, Just once every week or two, a drop or two of Houseplant food will also help tremendously. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm very excited this week because I have the great Arthur Edwards on the telephone line. I think probably our best-known photographer in the world followed the royals for years uh, and I've carried these very heavy cameras and bags quite often uh, and I often wondered how he copes when he has to travel abroad uh, Good afternoon Arthur, how is it in sunny Essex? It's, uh, actually it's very sunny, quite cold but quite nice Yeah, I'm just recovering uh, and it's taken me quite a long while from my recent trip to, uh, to New Zealand with the Prince of Wales Well now presumably when you go You've got to have dress for all kinds of occasions. I mean, if it's a civic reception with one of the members of the royal family, you've got to be tidily dressed. But then those cameras are really heavy. Do you take everything with you when you go on one of those long trips? I take, uh, all depends on the trip. If it's the Prince of Wales, I don't normally take very long lenses because it's not necessary with him. Um, but um, if it's... Um, if it's William and Catherine, Prince William and, uh, uh, and his lovely wife Catherine, or uh, Harry and Meghan, of course, they're much bigger press packs then, and they are sort of more, mostly kept further back, so you need longer lenses. So I don't have to take those, those great big things that were there on, on, uh, to New Zealand. But I still have to take quite a lot, Peter, and I have to carry it in the hold of the play, you know, with me when I carry it, not put it in the hold, because, you know, it's extremely valuable and, of course, uh, very, very fragile. So... You know, hauling that on and off uh, is a kind of difficult. It weighs quite a lot as well. You know, I find uh, I go to a gym uh, uh, three or four times a week just to be able to put my, my camera bag in the overhead locker on the plane. <laughs> but, I mean, if, if you are with uh, Prince of Wales and you're in New Zealand, presumably you're travelling, so do you have to take your case with all your clothes and the camera with you? I mean, how do you cope with the ordinary domestics of things? You have to really. I mean, it's been doing it for so long now. I just, uh, I kind of work out how many days I've gone and, and work out how much clothes I need for it. I don't take any more or any less. And I, um, I try to um, learn from over the years when I've come back from trips and I've taken jumpers and, and sweaters that I never need. And uh, so I no longer do that. I kind of keep it to very, very strict with, with what I pack. I've got a, a lovely wife who, who presses it all and makes it all neat and tidy for me. So I, all goes in um it's a thing that i've learned for many years now how to um you know cope i mean not only do i have to take in my in my suitcase you know my clothes i have to take charges i have to take um skin cream because i you know i need to for the sun i've take lots of that um extra lenses in that case so there's a lot in there and um but you know i cope and i always come underweight even when i'm you know, going in for a long trip, I always come in under the 23 kilos or something you're allowed. So I'm doing it properly, I think. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I travel quite a bit. 
and I always reckon to pack old clothes, you know, so at the end of the hotel trips, I could just chuck the pyjamas out. (laughs) (laughs) Don't chuck everything out, no, no. And I never buy anything as well. I never buy stuff because, you know, I've got to consider bringing it home with me. But New Zealand was, um, of course, the recent one I went on, that was... It was springtime there, so you needed a sweater, obviously, uh, for the for the evening. But the the weather, but for one day, it was absolutely wall to wall sunshine, and 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 everything was in bloom. You know, all the trees were dressed for summer, and it was uh, and flowers out everywhere, and it was just a lovely break from from gloomy Britain, where where I'd left it was, you know foggy and damp and 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 just (laughs) miserable so you know it was that was a nice thing and one day the new zealand government we had a day off and they they gave us um a choice of uh, uh, something to do which was lovely about new zealand and we went to a place called akaroa and uh we went on a um catamaran and um they gave you rubber wetsuits and you could go and swim with dolphins and that was a that was a nice experience and um and uh you know there's Whenever I've been to New Zealand, this I think was my tenth time. Goodness. I always see something new and different because it's a country that's so, so, just so lovely. You know, everywhere you go, there's this. Everybody's so lovely and pleasant to you, and and there's so many things to see. There's glaciers, there's fjords, there's orchards and farmland, and and yeah. and just it's just a stunning country. And I, you know, when I mean, it's a long way to go, and I. You know, it's a thirty hours door to door, but when you get there, it's 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 a it's a terrific place. And you know, I've I've had some wonderful trips there. And in fact, when people ask me which is my favourite country that I've visited covering the royals over the years, I have to say Ireland because when the Queen went to Ireland, that was the most amazing uh, visit I've ever done. Just for pure, it was just amazing. I mean, the Queen just changed everything with that one visit. Our relationship with our nearest neighbour. And uh, and I but but next to that I always say New Zealand because of the people the people are just the nicest and uh, and um, you think, can't do enough for you Arthur don't you think when you go to New Zealand it's like going back in time I just wish it was a bit nearer I, I, and if you went in November as I did it's like our spring and the rhododendrons I mean with all that rain and in the North Island they're enormous uh, yeah, everything yeah. grows uh, yeah, so lush. I, but what, um, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, when I first went to New Zealand in 1980, I mean, the tallest building was three stories high. All the cars were held together with bits of wire because they were so old. <laughs> but now now you go there, it's the most modern country, lovely motorways. And, of course, no one speeds on the motorways because, the, well, they do a very clever thing. They keep the speed cameras hidden. So the first you know you've been trapped is when you get the notice. So people don't speed. and. And this is um, uh, another, you know, great thing. And, of course, once you get out of Auckland, which is, uh, I think, you know, New Zealand's got a population of about 4 million and 1 million live in Auckland, but only 1 million live on the South Island, which is huge and uh, and just lovely. And, you know, I was walking out back from a restaurant in Christchurch uh, on, a, on a Friday night and there's very few people about, although the restaurants were full, but there's no, you know, I mean, when you come out of London... Uh, you know, it's always traffic. Whatever time of the day or night you're there, it's traffic, yeah. but not there. And that's what I found just lovely. You know, it's just uh, people have more space, and, uh, and and I call it bungalow land because for street after street after street after street is bungalows with a big piece of land, so everybody's got plenty of space. 
Yeah, I remember we drove down to Invercargill on a Sunday. I was working with American TV, and I think we saw one car in a seven-hour drive. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the place is empty. That's right, yeah, that's right. Oh, no, that's pretty common. My wife and I had a great holiday there once. We took a, we did a road trip from north to south, and it was, uh, it was wonderful, you know. I, I, can't, uh, I can't praise this place enough. I mean, it was a, a long week, and, uh, I'm, and I'm struggling to recover from the jet lag. I've, it's the first, last night was the first night I actually woke at my normal time. But um, it's worth it because, I, you know, it's, uh, it's just a super place. And how well was the Prince received on oh, this trip? Oh, you know, I was, you know, you can't give Prince Charles praise. He refuses to accept praise. You can't say, wasn't that great? But, you know, there were big crowds for him and for the Duchess. And they, as always, they, they just made sure everybody, they tried to see everybody. And um, it was, they were brilliantly well received. You know, so I suppose of all the countries in the Commonwealth, that I visited with the royals. I just imagine New Zealand is the most loyal, you know, the more... And it's not just people of a certain age who've been there or they've probably emigrated from Britain years and years ago that turn out... It's all people, you know, Maoris, Solomon Islanders, uh, young families, families, uh, young children, schools, they're there to see them and they get terrific, terrific uh, support, yeah. And, and it's lovely to see, but... Um, because of, um, you know, when people sort of say to me, what do you think when the Queen goes that uh, these countries will want their own president? And I'll say some countries, well, probably Australia might, and probably Canada might, but I think New Zealand will, will stay loyal to the Crown. I think they will. I think that's just get that feeling that they are, they feel a bit special. Although it's the furthest you could possibly go from Britain. Like you know, it's completely the other side of the world. And what, it, it's, it's worth it. And what yeah. will you what will you remember most clearly from this latest visit from Prince Charles? Which event? Well, uh, as you travelled with? Yeah, there was one event. The last day we went to a place, Kaiakura, where I'd been twice before. Actually, I'd been once with Prince William uh, when we were due to go whale watching, and then that was the night when seven seven in London when the um, Bombs went off on buses, and so he cancelled it. And another time I went back with my wife, and we couldn't go whale watching because the, the, the sea was too rough. So this was my third visit there. And we were going to see um, some, some birds called shearwaters. It's a seabird, but it's, uh, when they had an earthquake in Kaikoura, um, I think two years ago, uh, maybe three years ago, and um, 100,000 uh, of these birds were lost in the earthquake. And there's a group of people there have built a, a like amazing um, nesting sites for them. Uh, you'd have to see it to believe it, but, you know, and these birds are regenerating, and Prince went to see them, and the, one of the rangers got one of the birds out, and it started pecking his finger because he was trying to protect, <laughs> she was trying to protect the nest. But um, that was lovely to see that. And, of course, we did this coastal walk there, the Prince and all of us, you know, and it was... It's the most amazing coastal walk down uh, uh, with, with the sea on one side and, and rolling hills on the other. It was just uh, unbelievable. And that's one of the memories I'll keep with me for the rest of my life. The other parts of the tour was a lot of its civic duties, like meeting the prime minister and uh, the, you know, the opposition leader and the governor general and stuff like that and receptions. Um, but um, 
you know that for me was uh, that was that was special. That walk that was on the absolutely lovely, lovely, beautiful weather, uh, and uh, uh, all these fabulous seabirds. Uh, it was just beautiful. You've had some wonderful experiences, then, Arthur. I mean, oh, what yeah. a what a working life you've had. Yeah. Eh? Oh yeah, I always feel like you know, for a young boy who left school at fifteen uh, in East London, not knowing where I was going to go, what I was going to do. I've had a really terrific life. I've been, um, I mean, I met some amazing people. I met Mother Teresa. I met um, Nelson Mandela. I've worked in the um, in the Oval Office about four or five times. I've been in the Kremlin with Gorbachev. Um, I've met two popes. Um, and, you know, it's been an amazing uh, experience, an amazing life for me. And it was only possible by you know, covering our lovely royal family and especially with the Pope. I mean, you know, Prince Charles fixed that and um and it was and it was really nice for me, you know, it was a great occasion for me. And so um you yeah, know, I'm just I've been had a wonderful life. But it's you know, you ha- you have your moments too. I seem to recall a story you told me about riding on elephants. Oh God, yeah, that was in the early days we'd um we were in India and uh, in New Delhi, and we were invited to a reception by the prince at the High Commission. And the hotel we were in was only about, I suppose, not half a mile, quarter of a mile from where the um, reception was. And the hotel had an elephant, a very highly decorated elephant. And um, I'd had a bad back, and I'd been getting some treatment from it. From so, I was working with a fabulous reporter then, Harry Arnold, and sadly no longer with us, but he was uh, an incredible reporter, one of the greatest I've ever worked with. And uh, he said, look, let's take the elephant to the reception. <laughs> so we got the, we got on the elephant, we, we paid the guy and uh, we lumbered down the road. When, when we got, <laughs> what's, when, it, what's it like riding it was on the really elephant? Great. We were sitting on the back there. <laughs> and when we got there, of course, everybody was waiting outside to go in, roaring with laughter. In fact, Kate Aidy, the great Kate Aidy, she wrote about it in her, one of her books, and uh, the problem is with uh, elephants, of course, you, when you get on, they've got these steps you go up to and get on. But when you get off, it's quite a problem. Well, even when the elephant kneels down for you, and of course, we were all dressed for the party. I was wearing, a, I remember, a velvet jacket, uh, which was quite fashionable then. And uh, by the time I slid down the elephant's ear uh, into the ground, I looked like uh, Joseph in his Technicolor dream coat with all the chalk covers all over my jacket. <laughs> But Harry fell in the gutter. He fell in the gutter, yeah. But it was very great fun. And, uh, oh, yeah, one of the great memories. Arthur, it's great to exchange some stories with you. Thank you very much for giving us It's a time. pleasure, Peter. Yeah. And uh, it's been a pleasure also, Peter, for me to do lots of work with you over the years because we've been to some lovely places and we've seen some lovely gardens and met some great gardeners. And, uh, and I've managed to really uh, capture it. And I remember our royal visits to the our, our stand at the Chelsea Flower Show, which were many. We had the Queen there many times, but we had the, the now who's the Japanese Emperor. We had Chelsea Clinton. We had all the pop stars, Duran Duran. We've had them all come to the Chelsea Flower Show. <laughs> they come to see you, Arthur. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. They, come to see, they come to see me, but they come to talk to you. Yeah. That's the important thing. Yeah, thank you very much for joining us today. I appreciate your friendship. Take care. God bless. <laughs> What's on? Well, uh, the Royal Horticultural Society's Wisley Garden on the 22nd has a festive family fun day 
where you sow and grow kale. So there we are. I hope that if they've got youngsters there, they also sow a few uh, peas to grow pea shoots. I think to the uh, young taste buds, uh, the sweet peas will be a little more tastier to them than kale. Although very young seedlings of kale, which I presume is what they'll be growing, you know, you can cut those within about six or eight weeks of sowing, uh, they will be uh, not quite as hot as the stronger outdoor-grown leaves. And, of course, very healthy. My thanks to Hayloft, sponsors of this podcast. And thanks to you for listening. I take the opportunity to wish you a very happy Christmas and I think uh, the best way to underline that is to leave you with the choir from Charlton Manor School singing to an audience of the elderly at Cooling's Nursery just a week or two ago. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.